The voice of the A's, Ken Korak, and all guests coming to you via the Fire Wings hotline. Try one of their delicious flavors of wings today. Fire Wings, just wing it. Always a pleasure to talk to the voice of the A's, Ken Korak, joining us here. He's Carmichael Dave. I'm Jason Ross. Ken Korak, how are you? Hey, Jason. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Well, we're, we're excited to talk to you, Ken. Dave and I have been talking about this for a week or so about, man, look at this gauntlet the A's are having to go through. First the Giants, then the Astros. Now it's the Yankees, but so far so good. Every challenge this team gets thrown its way, Ken, they seem to handle pretty well. Yeah, and they're really up to it. And I think that it speaks to Bob Melvin and also the guys on the club. They're really competitive, and they battle every game. I know it sounds like a cliche to say that, but this is what you want, right, this time of year? Uh, you want to play the best teams. You want to have a chance to measure yourself and also uh, play games that matter. And, and I think for a fan base and for the ball club and the front office, uh, this is exactly where you want to be this time of year. Well, and in addition to that, Ken, A's fans are so excited. They're finally going to get to see A.J. Puck in person up in the big club. And perhaps you've got Sean Manaya, maybe Jesus Luzardo on the way, maybe Matt Harvey on the way. Who knows? I, I know this. Uh, talking to my, my friends that are A's fans, they're thinking, you know, they, they're not, they don't want to put too much pressure on A.J., but they're thinking, I don't know, maybe his first 14 innings, 27 strikeouts, <laughs> a, a ne- an actual negative ERA. Um, I, I think that's the the low point for Pup. They are super excited for this kid. Yeah, like he could be Andrew Miller tomorrow. Right? <laughs> you know, I mean, I think they're going to have to ease him, man. He's not going to come in in the eighth inning in a tie game tonight. At least I wouldn't think so, but. He has tremendous talent, and I know Bob Melvin's been looking forward to this, and, and who knows, he might be able to give you a couple of innings out of the bullpen. So his stuff is great. Uh, you know, they talk about a soft landing. I think that's what they would try to get him in his first couple of appearances, maybe ease his way into the into the swing of things. But uh, he has a tremendous amount of talent, and, and I, think, I don't think he's going to be a guy that the opposing uh, – hitters are going to want to face well and also Ken, i don't know that there's i haven't looked at every other major league teams uh, minor league system but i can't think of too many teams especially based on some of the needs the a's have that you know we're, we're just what 11 12 days away from those call-ups uh, those september call-ups could really have i think a big impact on this ball club they could if you can find a spot for everybody right. now you mentioned lizardo and, and i think he's still a ways away because he's had so many uh, stops and starts to the season. And right now, there really isn't a spot for him in the rotation. Now, that doesn't mean that if he, he has two or three more appearances in the minor leagues and he's lights out, that they wouldn't find a spot for him if they really feel that he can dominate in the big leagues. But that's a lot to ask. Um, I think Sean Murphy, uh, who's also had kind of, a, kind of a similar season from the standpoint of dealing with injuries, but he's back playing again. Uh, he could uh, join the club in September and, and maybe serve as the third catcher. So there are, I think it, it may even speak more to what's on the horizon for next year. Uh, if you think about a puck and a Lazardo in the rotation, and now with Murphy with a chance to break camp with the club as one of their catchers, if not their starting catcher next year. Great voice you hear is Ken Korak, voice of the A's. You'll hear him tonight as the A's begin that series with the Yankees right here on KHDK. Ken, Dave and I have been talking about not only you know the importance of these games and you got to win series and, and and make the pressure on the the wild card race and even the division, but what did that do for the A's to take on an Astros team that adds Grinky and take three of four and one of the favorites to win it all? Just in the confidence department to beat them three of four games, including a great win on a Friday night over Verlander. Well, Jason, it keeps their momentum going. Uh, I think it's a team they have a lot of confidence anyway. Now, if you get swept or you lose three out of four. 
Um, it can be a little deflating, but this this club has a great belief in themselves. If you go back uh, to the early, the early days of June, um, the A's and the Yankees have the best records in baseball. And the A's, the Yankees, the Indians, their Vincent teams have been red out of the American League. So uh, these guys really believe they can win. Uh, as you know, they won 97 games a year ago. So I don't think there's any shortage of confidence on this club. Ken Korak joining us, the uh, beautiful, wonderful-sounding voice of the Oakland Athletics that you hear through your speakers all summer long right here on KHDK. Ken, I was wondering if anybody in the booth um, had any issues with their breathing on Friday. I know I did watching the game. I almost fell out of my chair when Matt Chapman got eaten up by a ground ball. And I I know that there were a couple tough plays. I think only one error for him. But I was watching with a couple of A's fan buddies, and and we just remarked how seeing that that one hopper eat him up at third and being as shocked as we were – it kind of drives the point home that we're truly watching one of the best infielders defensively in our lifetime, I think. You're right, Dave. And also with Matt Olson at first base, yep. let's not discount him. He's phenomenal. And Simeon's come a long ways at short. I've said this before. I think Simeon's made the greatest mm. improvement defensively of any player I've ever seen at the major league level. So uh, they're great. It's one reason why the club has, has done what they've done, because this is a team, they just don't strike out people. And, uh, Dave, as you know, in this day and age in baseball, with the emphasis on home runs, you've got home runs, walks, and strikeouts. Those are the things that dominate the games oftentimes, and the A's don't strike out people. And so they wouldn't be where they are if they didn't have this kind of defense. And they're pretty good in the outfield as well. So, uh, you know, Chapman is great. And Alex Bregman, I think if you know, one of the great things about that series was also watching Bregman play. Yep. And you think about the matchups that will take place over the next several years between the A's and the Astros. You buy a ticket and you see those two kids play third base, mm. you know, that's pretty special. Yeah, Ken, you know, the, the roster, too, has had to go through. I mean, every team has some injuries, and guys have been out in different times or guys have struggled in pockets of a season, but one of my favorite days to watch play consistently offensively and defensively is Ramon Laureano, and he's been out for a little bit. When when do you expect him to be back on the diamond? It's a great question. I don't think you can put a timetable on it, Jason. He, and they really miss him uh, because he brings a fire. He brings a, a dynamic quality to the club when he's out there. Now, Mark Hanna has been one of the most unsung heroes in baseball this year. I mean this, I think for the last 10 months, he's been as valuable as any player in the game. That you know, that sounds like a piece of hyperbole, but uh, he DH when Davis was out. He played right when Piscotty was out. He's playing center now that Ramon is out, and he's been great. Laureano's going to start a running program. I don't know if it's going to be today, maybe tomorrow, but he's, he has a ways to go. And it's not going to be a straight line where he just starts running and he'll run every day because they've got to be, you know, the stress reaction is a precursor to a stress fracture. And you have to be careful with that because now if it, becomes, if it, if it develops into a fracture, now he's out for the year. So they've got to make sure that he's ready to go when he comes back. Ken Korak joining us, voice of the Oakland Athletics. One of the more amazing things about this season is that the A's have managed to to be on this pretty consistent run. And, and just being honest, over the last couple months, they've been doing that run largely without the Chris Davis that we know. A buck 74 uh, in July, 143 in August, and he's never been an average hitter. That's not the problem. It just seems like there's something missing. I know he ran into the wall a while back, and some fans think he hasn't really been the same since. Has anyone been able to 
put a finger on it? Because I don't think Chris Davis just stopped hitting all of a sudden in July. Something must be going on. It's a great mystery. He has had nagging injuries. Yeah. And I think they, that did affect him and kind of derailed him a little bit. Now, the injury you talked about was on May 5th at Pittsburgh when he was playing left field. Yep. And he dealt with that for a while. Yep. I don't know. I, I didn't, listen, they've tried everything. Believe me, uh, hitting coaches, uh, Darren Bush and Mike Alfredi and Bo Mel, and even uh, to try to tap into what might jumpstart him from a confidence standpoint. Um, it, it looks to me like his confidence is lagging right now. Uh, which is something that, you know, I guess no player, no athlete is immune uh, because he had the most home runs in baseball for the last three months or last three years. Yeah. Uh, but they need him. They really do. And the other guys have picked up the slack, but they haven't hit that much in general. They picked it up a little bit uh, in August, but if you look back over the last three or four weeks, their team bounding average is like 225, which speaks to their pitching doing such a great job. But they do need him. And and I I know the hope is that if he let's say he puts together two three four games in a row where he gets it going that that might turn his season around. So Ken, you've seen all these teams play, and I'm sure the team collectively will say they're not out of the division, though that will be very very difficult. Uh, who do you target at, for the A's to get to that wild card spot? We know they're still trailing Tampa and uh, Cleveland, and in Minnesota and, and Cleveland could flip flop for the division. But who are you consider a realistic target for the A's to pass? For that wild card well first of all i wish they had games left against those teams yeah. uh they're done playing and you could throw boston into there too although with chris sale missing the rest of the regular season it's going to be a long shot i think for them but you'd be great if they had head-to-head matchups which would make it even more compelling uh to see some of these games down the stretch so it's four teams for three spots almost i mean you look at the twins and the indians one team's going to win the central uh, the other has a, a legitimate shot for the wild card. Then you have Tampa Bay. So I don't know necessarily that there's any one team you would say that that would be more likely for the A's to pass. But I think from if you look at those four clubs, three of them probably are going to make the postseason unless the Red Sox go on a fantastic run. And I don't think you can discount them. Uh, they have enough firepower to do that. But I, I think of of the Twins, the uh, Indians, the A's, and the Rays, three of those teams are going to make the postseason. And, Ken, that race is so fun to me in the American League. And, and I look at two – and it's not an exact comparison, but I, I look at the Rays and I look at the A's. And I, they're, they're both teams that somehow manage to, more often than not, overachieve – uh, they're not always playing in front of the best crowds. Both both sides have stadium issues, you know, on and on and on. But but somehow they're managing on paper. Maybe they they don't pop out at you, but but they both manage to put it together with great great uh, minor league systems, great coaching, and obviously uh, their managers are doing a great job. So I I imagine when it's all said and done, and let's not discount Cleveland, that is just going to be a heck of a three team race. No question, and it, it, it does. And what you, everything you said is correct. Um, people get hung up, I think, on payrolls. The A's have a tremendous amount of talent. So if all these guys were on the open market, right, uh, their payroll would be a whole lot larger than it is now. Uh, one thing would be, and, and now we're getting ahead of ourselves, uh, if the A's were to get into the wild card, it would be great if they could host it. Yeah. Because last year, as you guys know, if, if you win 97 games, there's a pretty good shot you're going to win your division. And if you don't do that, you're going to host the wild card team. So they win 97, they have to go to New York, and that was really a tough deal for them. So if they wind up getting 
the wild card. It would be great if they could play a game at home for the home field advantage and for the fans to have the chance to see a postseason game. And, and if they're in that spot again, whether that's home or road, I think that if I remember right, the A's went with an opener. Yeah, in, they Liam Hendricks. Yeah, which you know the yeah. year he's having now is amazing. But who, who do you think Bob Melvin would call on? Now where we are projecting, but if that's a they got to win one to advance, who's he putting out on the mound? I don't know the answer to that. I really don't. And I think last year, if they had played a home game, they might have gone with a conventional starting pitcher. I'm not sure. I think it's going to come down to who's pitching well at the time. Uh, Mike Fires has been great, and, and he, has, he has kind of validated the faith that they placed to him at the beginning of the year when he was the opening day starter in Tokyo. And he's really pitched like an ace uh, this year. So he'd be the first one that you would mention. Uh, you know, Brett Anderson has done a nice job. They, you know, they've, they've had really good starting pitching. Uh, Tanner Roark is someone who's actually started a postseason game before and started a semifinal game for the USA and the World Baseball Classic two years ago. So they're going to have some choices. Um, I wouldn't think they would go with an opener this year, but we'll have to wait and see. Ken Korak joining us. Ken, you, you've seen every game this year, and, and maybe it's hyperbole for me. Uh, maybe there's another game I'm forgetting, but I thought the, uh, what was it, the the Thursday game, I think, uh, the 7-6 the game, A's Astros, that might have been the most fun game of the year. And I, I just want to take you back to that. <laughs> Ten home runs, that hmm. broke the record. And that record, if I read it correctly, was eight. And the two teams that did that, that was August of 2018. That was the A's and Astros as well. Was that just a win situation? Was everybody drinking their chocolate milk? I, I, I haven't seen an atmosphere like that. Let me answer that. This, first of all, I had the night off. Oh, Yeah, I didn't. I had that one off. but Maybe that's what it was. It was, it, it was really warm. Uh, the, remember the game the day before in San Francisco was 86 degrees at first pitch, and even talking with Matt Williams, he couldn't remember another day in the city in which it was that hot at first pitch. So the weather was warm, and, and then the hitters just kind of feel hitterish. You come out there, and it's in the 80s, and it's a night game at the Coliseum, and you just kind of have this, this uh, rush of confidence when you go to the plate. So the ball is carrying really well. Uh, there's a huge emphasis on launch angle and home runs uh, right now. Let's face it. The baseballs are top flights. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. they're hitting balls that are just flying. And I think major league baseball will address that in the off season. But I haven't talked to one person, even former pitchers who have a great sense of what's going on with uh, the baseball this year. They, everybody's unanimous. They feel that uh, there's something going on with the ball. You know, Ken, something else I heard you say in one of the recent broadcasts, uh, if we take the other end of the spectrum, we're talking about the A's and their playoff chances and some of these great teams, we could put, uh, what, Miami in there, Detroit, Baltimore, I mean, teams just having historically bad years, these bottom <laughs> feeders. What, you, you, weren't, you were saying basically in the air that it was bad for baseball, and I don't know that anybody's enjoying themselves in those markets, but why, do, why are those three teams specifically just so bad this year? At one point, uh, Jason, I thought there'd be five teams in the American League that would lose 100 games, which to me is unacceptable. Uh, I mean, you go back to the model of the Astros, and even before that with the Cubs, where teams feel it doesn't make any sense to spend money if you're going to win 75 games instead of 65. So you go totally into a rebuild. Um, you know, part of me understands that. The other thing, though, is I find it unacceptable that the Orioles have a team ERA that's, which is almost six. 
Uh, you would seem to me that you could at least develop enough pitching where you could be competitive. To be non-competitive is not good for the game. It's not good for fans. People are buying tickets. They're not reducing ticket prices, last I checked. So I just don't think it's, it's right to admit that uh, I don't have all the answers. But to have this huge disparity, um, and it's, it's most glaring in the American League, where the teams at the top are really good, teams at the bottom are really bad, and there's not a whole lot in between. Yeah, well... Uh, we're glad we're talking about the A's on the other end of that. Uh, their quest, again, continues to try to make the postseason. With the Yankees tonight, Ken will be listening. Thank you so much, as always, for joining us, and we appreciate all your work, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, guys. It was great being with you. All right, see you, Ken.